Thank you for joining Immigrants Making an Impact, the podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all immigrants around the world. We want to share immigrant stories so that we can all learn from and grow and then make an impact in our communities. Today, we are excited to have Shama Shams all the way from the United States, Seattle, joining us to share her story and the impact that she's making. Shama, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Please tell us a bit more about yourself. Well, um, when I was 10 years old, my um, entire family um, moved from Dhaka, Bangladesh to Memphis, Tennessee, where I went through school. We didn't know any English um, when we arrived, and there was only one other Bengali family in Memphis at that time. And um, and that's kind of where I started my journey in America and has led me to Seattle. Okay, so it's, it's actually your parents who brought you along and then you became an immigrant. Yes, I am a first generation. So I was born in Bangladesh and um, when I was 10 with my parents and my two older sisters, um, I immigrated to the States. Wonderful. So when you arrived, uh, maybe you can still recollect, how was it like? So adapting to the new culture, learning the language, how was it? It was terrifying. I remember actually very well because I used to hide in the bathroom anytime we had company because I was scared to speak English. Um, Based on my age, they um, put me in fifth grade, but I never had a formal schooling. So like the first five weeks of school, I literally sat under my desk. But In the evening, and my mother didn't speak English or my sisters. My father was the only one. So we depended on him for everything. You know, he was our interpreter. He was everything. And one of the things that we did was we would walk over and get books at the library. And my dad would read to us in the evenings and just slowly uh, was teaching us. But I think out of my three of us sisters, I was the one that was like most afraid. And it was really kind of funny when I think about it. We used to have companies stand by the door uh, of the bathroom and say goodbye to me because they knew that I would have locked myself in as soon as they got there. And so they felt really bad that I just spent the whole evening in the bathroom. Wow, that has been quite a journey. Navigating the culture, going back to school, pursuing growth. Take us through that. How did it go? And how were you able to learn the language? And how did you overcome the day-to-day challenges? Well, it wasn't just the language difference. It was also a huge cultural. My family is Muslim and a very devout Muslim. My mother really did not want us to become too westernized. At the same time, we were trying to assimilate and kind of blend in with the culture back then. um, So we moved here in 1978. And um, toward the end of 78, um, Iran hostage crisis took place. um, And even though we are far from Iran, uh, there were a lot of anti-Islamic movement that was happening. And especially being in the South, in Memphis, we experienced a lot of, you know, go home, go back to your own place kind of sentiment from people. So it was really not only learning a language, a culture, but we also 
ironically, were feared for our lives at the same time, even though that is what we left behind. But fortunately, I had two older sisters, so I, I never felt alone. And we, our father, his biggest thing was education. I mean, if I was going to breathe, I was going to go to school. So that's what we focused on is we studied. I That's all I remember. I never did anything at school other than just study. And um, I don't know exactly what moment and how it clicked, but I remember the day when I finally sat up from underneath my desk and actually sat on the chair in school. There was in my classroom, there was some kind of a party happening and everybody was cheering. And all of a sudden, I just wanted to join and I got up from under and I sat up and the entire class just became silent and they were all looking at me and then they all started applauding and it felt like such a huge accomplishment that I you know the next day I was like proudly sitting up and slowly began to learn English and actually became more of a translator for my mother who never you know I think the older you are when you come to a, a new culture is harder for you to adapt. And since I was the youngest, I kind of assimilated and adapted a lot faster than they did. Mm-hmm. And so then I became more of a translator for uh, even for my dad, sometimes he had a very thick uh, accent. And so I was the one that was translating and interpreting things for them. Um, yeah. Amazing. So with such difficulty in the beginning, you were able to pull through that with the support from the people around you and your classmates. And also one of the key factors that you mentioned that really comes across as I talk with many immigrants is education. You took your education very seriously. Definitely. Uh, And I think, you know, back in the 70s and from the culture my father came, he was really progressive because it was me and my two sisters. And he always said that uh, one of his daughter would uh, equals up to three men. And so he really wanted us to like focus on our studies. And he always, he really believed in the American dream. And he always said, you could be anything you want in America, as long as you have your education, get your education. So that's what we believed in. And ironically, my father died before we became an American citizen, but he was a very uh, much, uh, I don't know, inspired by the American dream. So let's move on as I take you through a process of reflection. So looking back, the challenges that you went through, pulling through your challenges and getting to where you are now, how has the journey been so far? Has it been rewarding? Has it taken you to places? Does the American dream exist? Well, it has it has not been an easy road. I will say that after the Iran hostage crisis, then there was the Gulf War. Again, there were a lot of hatred toward Muslims and immigrants in general. Uh, I was in undergrad, graduate school at that time, and, you know, just people yelling, people I didn't even know, you know, you're just at the mall and they're telling you to go back home when I am an American citizen. And by then, I have more connection with America than I do with my birth country. Um, So yeah, there were definitely a lot of 
challenges. At the same time, we met a lot of great people who advocated for us. And But the American dream, let's say I am right now in the process of been interviewing um, individuals, immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers about the American dream and the concept of it. And I guess it depends on really who you ask. For a lot, it's um, having a house, being wealthy. For others, it's not so much about them. It's about their children, about their children's future. And and that's what it was for my father. And I have, um, I kind of started working on this book when I was at my daughter's college graduation. My eldest just graduated in May from Duke. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, I wish my dad was here to see this because because mm-hmm. all the sacrifices he made, you know, like my kids have no idea the level of sacrifice their grandparents made to get me here, which in turn is giving them such a better life. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe I'm living the American dream in that I am I'm, I'm safe. Um, I have the freedom to voice my opinion. And, you know, I am... I'm in a position, I feel like, to lift others who aren't able to. And that's something that I am really passionate about. I've been in the nonprofit sector for over 20 years, uh, working with individuals who, for whatever reason, um, the blessings and the resources that I have received, uh, maybe it wasn't that easy for them. And so I feel like now it's my turn to kind of return that to others. And so that's what I do. And that's what I've taught my children to do that, um, you know, none of us make it here on our own. It takes a community. It takes sometime a lot of luck and faith and a whole lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to be cognizant of the blessings that we have received and always try to make it a little bit easier for someone else. Absolutely. And as you speak, I think about what many immigrants say that many people have sacrificed a lot, grandparents, parents, for all of us to get to where we are now. And sometimes even first generation immigrants, second generation immigrants, because they are born in the country where they are, they have no idea that maybe it's because of a grandparent or a great great grandparent who immigrated to another country. That is how they have the life that they have now. So I think that is very important that you highlight on the fact that we need to remember the people who laid the foundation and also maybe try to do something similar. Absolutely. Um, Not only they made the sacrifices to bring us here, they made the sacrifices that you know, that changed laws, that changed um, people's mind toward uh, different sets of immigrants. And and they put up with a lot of discrimination and distrust to get to this place where I feel like I have a voice. And that wasn't, you know, definitely that didn't happen back in the early 70s when my family and I came. Mm -hmm. Um, We've come a long way and we still have a long way to go in the United States. Mm -hmm. far as immigrant uh, and how they feel and welcomed here. Wonderful. And thank you for the work that you are doing. I believe that it's going a long way to help a lot of people and you are really making a significant impact. Thank you. So could you share your thoughts on seeking mentorship as an immigrant? Absolutely. Um, And, you know, mentorship really in in every aspect, not just as an immigrant. I think that... um, Sometime 
you know, one of the things that I am, as I'm interviewing other immigrants and uh, and my own experience, it's a lot of sense of isolation you feel. Um, people aren't speaking your language. The food is different. Uh, everything seems different. And so you tend to be isolated. And I think that's when it's really important to kind of see someone who's made it to the other side and they made it to the other side without compromising who they are. And, and if that individual can kind of guide you and give you resources and just not even sometimes just seeing that individual, I think representation is so important for us to see uh, people of color, especially women immigrants in leadership, because when we see people rep that look like us, think like us, are represented, that gives us hope that, yes, we can be that too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is part of mentorship. Um, and that may not be a direct, it may not be a direct mentorship in a sense that you and I meet weekly, monthly, whatever it may be. Um, but it's just, it gives you hope to see individuals looking like you in uh, being successful and doing whatever they are meant to do. And I, you know, I have worked with so many, um, especially young girls, helping them kind of figure out what they want versus what society thinks they should be and uh, guiding them with whatever resource I have, whatever experiences I can share. I think that those are um, vital for us. I think that um, if I have struggled why should you struggle the same things if I can make your life a little bit easier with my experience and the knowledge that I gained from that struggle? Excellent. Thank you for sharing your insights on mentorship. Thank you. Could you share some ideas on constant learning? You have talked about education and how education has brought you to where you are. Share some ideas on constant learning, self-improvement to stay ahead of your industry as an immigrant. Sure. Um, you know, one of the things I think that the the pandemic did was kind of uh, took away the whole concept of, you know, we are tied to whatever region or area. I mean, now, you know, you're in Amsterdam and I'm in Seattle and we're talking. So there is no limit to how and where we can reach people, which has been wonderful. And that has allowed me um, to take some classes. Um, during the pandemic, I took some classes, one in Scotland, um, with and, and just learning different people's perspectives. It has opened up the world so much more. Um, as far as my industry is concerned, I am always looking at you know, the networking group and especially women's networking group who are openly sharing a lot of things that I'm, I'm still learning, you know, like a lot about technology or how to do different types of fundraising. I'm always reading, listening to podcasts when I'm driving to and from work. Uh, I forget who said that, but like what makes you a great leader is not that you know so much, is that you know how to surround yourself with people who know so much. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to do is I don't know everything. So I try to find people who, and people are more than willing um, to share their knowledge. It's um, it makes them proud and, and you at the, in, in turn gain something different, but it's a two way street, right? You um, also have to be willing to teach 
not just learn, but also teach. And I believe that everyone has something that they are the expert of and can share as well. Of course, everyone has something to share so that we can all learn together. Yes. Please take us through the difference that you are making. I know that you are the chief impact officer. You are a storyteller. You are an author. Take us through how you serve, how you are making an impact in your community. So my father used to work for UNICEF. So I grew up, I always say I grew up with the nonprofit blood. Um, and uh, so I was always drawn to that. And I've started working with um, homeless population in Dallas, Texas, uh, from then for children's advocacy, basically kind of. I mean, like I said, for over 20 years, I've been in the nonprofit. Right now, I work for an agency um, that's over 100 years old called Uplift Northwest. And what we do is we provide job training to individuals who are homeless or struggling with poverty. And we give them the training, the resources they need. And then we partner with uh, employers and we hook them up with those employers for employment. And in addition to that, a lot of them need case management. A lot of the individuals we work with struggle with homelessness, struggles with addiction or mental health issues. It's, It's not a one size fits all. There's multiple challenges and barriers that they're dealing with. So we kind of look at them in a holistic sense and figure out what exactly they need to be self-sufficient. And my job at Uplift Northwest is to raise the resources, the financial means, and increase the, the brand awareness in order for us to increase more funding and as well as reach individuals who need our assistance. Many people, they don't even know some resources are out there. So it's our job also to kind of find them wherever they are, not wait for them to find us because obviously we are more of an advantage to reach them. And so that's what I've been doing on my, that's my pay job. As a, as a volunteer, I work uh, I serve on a board of a nonprofit called Folio. It's a writing group um, where we, like right now, we're focusing on banned books. We try to give individuals resources to any kind of artistic endeavors that they want to, you know, dive in. Um, so I I work with that. I I, I teach uh, writing here at and with another nonprofit. I just try to stay involved and active. I'm an empty nester, so I I have the time, I have the resources, and I just feel like I've benefited so much from so many individuals other nonprofits growing up that it's kind of almost like my responsibility, I guess, to to share what I know and help in whatever way I can. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your skills with us. We applaud you for the work that you do. Oh, thank you. So I have a few questions for you. What would you do if you knew you could not fail, Sharma? Oh, wow. Uh, what would I do? I think I, I'm really passionate about trafficking, especially uh, sex trafficking. And I would, it's not even a matter of failing, uh, to be honest. It's uh, more a matter of age for me. I feel like, okay, I don't know if I have the, the bandwidth 
to start my own nonprofit, but I would really like to help young girls and women who have been trafficked and help them to kind of explore what their true passion and what their purpose is and get them out of a life of exploitation. I would definitely, uh, that would be something I've always been passionate about. Now that I have the resources and, and everything, it's ironic. I feel like I, I'm not young enough to do that anymore. So, but that's what I would do. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. I want to say that if there's anybody out there listening to this podcast and you're also involved in helping people who have been trafficked, please reach out to Sharma and see what you guys can do together. But Sharma, I think that you still can do this so in some way or some form. So please start. Definitely. Um, I can I can always write a check. I can volunteer. There are many ways to um, help causes, right? Um, Sometimes I may not be able to be in the front line, Mm -hmm. but you can also help those who are in the front line by doing the work that you do in the back end. So absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So what is the most important thing that you would do today to make tomorrow better? Um, Keep telling my story and hope that it will give others who are struggling hope. Um, and keep speaking up. I think that when we become silent is when we allow injustice to happen. And so as long as I have a voice, I will keep talking, keep screaming, keep doing whatever I have to do. And yeah. Excellent. Keep sharing your story. Your stories are impactful, they are unique, and they are a blessing. So what advice would you give to immigrants? Um. It's funny you ask me that because that's what I've been asking people for my book when I'm interviewing them. Um, (laughs) My uh, my advice would be um, uh, hold on to who you are. Don't feel like you have to compromise your cultural beliefs or your religious belief or whatever it may be in order to in, in order to make it in in any society and. Take pride in who you are, but it will not be easy. You know, racism, all of that exists wherever you may be living. But when we like stop um, kind of holding on to who we are and we start assimilating, that's when we, we let them win. So know who you are and raise your daughters to be strong, to speak up and to speak their, speak their mind and, uh, they, it, it may not get hurt, but it will eventually. And that will be their legacy and that will be your legacy. Thank you so much. It's time to invite our community to support you. Are there any projects that you are doing that you want us to know about? Um, sure. I am hopefully will have my book out by early next year. It's called From the Promise to the Pursuit, An American Dream. So I would love, and you know, if anyone wants to find me on LinkedIn, um, I would love to connect with individuals just like I connected with you from um, all over. I think that the support that you can give, the community who's listening can give is to their own neighbors and wherever they live, um, whatever little and much they can do, it, it really does take all of us collectively working um, in all over the world. So if you are, you said it was five o'clock. So maybe this evening, if you want to go out, pick up some trash, 
front somewhere in the park or go feed somebody who is homeless, go do something that will change someone else's life. Wonderful. Go out there and do something that will change someone else's life. Finally, please complete the sentence. Immigrants are? Immigrants are individuals who are seeking, seeking what everybody else is seeking, happiness, health, and prosperity, except they're making a huge sacrifice by leaving their birth country um, for whatever reason, but they're out there with the same dream and hope and passion as anyone else. Thank you so much for showing up and telling us your story, your journey, your wins, the impact that you are making. We are glad that you came. Thank you. It was a pleasure.